Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Welcome to another episode of Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for joining us for another week and joining us on the podcast. Uh, you know my voice. I'm Brad Myers, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor. And as always, I am joined again by Tom Rempel, our preaching pastor. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Brad. It's good to see you this morning. There you go. It's it's uh, it's it's fun mm. to be sitting in here and starting in mm. on a new a new season for Midweek in the Word. If you missed us last week, uh, you may not have heard that we're, we're kind of tweaking our direction here a little bit. We're going a slightly different direction than 2020 uh, with studying the Bible and, and how to how to read the Bible this week or this year we're going to focus a little bit more on on applying some of what we learned last year and talking about how we interpret the Bible in different topics and areas of our lives so I'm, I'm excited for that but before we get into that uh, Tom again you've you've continued your simply Jesus sermon series this last week and we're not going to slow down too long on this subject but I, I just wanted to say for our listeners to remind them of some of what you said in Luke uh, one of the things that really struck me from that mass message uh, was was when you were reading from Luke 7, 36 through 50, and, and talking about the story of the woman anointing Jesus's feet and, and just the response, uh, you know, to those that were sitting there and, and the disdain for that action, um, and where Jesus says, I, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who's forgiven little loves little. I, w- I was just so struck by that and how that must have been been the case for Luke, you know, yep. as well yep. as the author of that of that book, yep. just reminding us that sometimes I, I, I love your line that some of us think that God got a good deal with us, you know, and, <laughs> that's right. and it was easier for Him to save some of us. Yeah. And that reminder that uh, that's not really the case, but uh, we need to grow in our in our awareness of what all God has forgiven us for, and that should inspire a love for Him as well. Um, that really struck me was an encouragement to me. So I, I appreciate what you had to say on that subject for for preaching from from the Gospel of Luke. Um, but as, as I mentioned last week on the podcast, Tom, we, we told our listeners that uh, this year we're going to be taking a few weeks here right at the front before we jump into how the gospel affects different areas of our lives. And we're going to be talking about why Faith Bible Church is the church we are, yeah. uh, what motivates us. And so last week we talked about we talked about our, our mission statement. We talked about reach, mature, equip, glorify. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and check that out. Even if you've heard it before, it would be a good encouragement that would help remind us of why we do what we do as a church. Um, but this week, we're going to take a slightly different tack. We're going to move from the mission statement into the core values we have a ch- as a church, the, those those things that we value that shape the ministry, that, that help focus us on, on particular aspects, things that are probably unique to Faith Bible Church. Uh, one of the things that I always find interesting is how similar other gospel preaching churches' mission statements are to ours. Whether they may use slightly different words, they mean reach, mature, equip, glorify in very much the same way we do. But the core values are a little bit different. They shape us, make us unique as a church. So I want to focus a little bit in on that this week and get your take on it, Tom, for our listeners. Um, so maybe this goes without saying, but I just I just want to be clear for all of our listeners. Why is it that we have core values at a church as a, as a church? What's the significance of them? Well, for us, at least uh, 28 years ago, is that it, Lincoln is a, a city that's got a lot of churches and several mm-hmm. Bible churches. But we had to ask what makes us unique. Yeah. And so the core values really were just part of defining what our personality, as it were, would be as a church. So it was it was not only 
the guardrails, the restraint on ministry. We, we don't have to go there or we're not going to go there, but it was also motivation. The things we think that we're uniquely called to mm. were declared as a core value. Mm. And obviously those, some of those things tend to change over time. Some yeah. of them stay the same. Yeah. So there's been different yeah. rewrites and different definitions of some of this stuff, but a lot yeah. of who we are in its fundamental way has, has remained the same even as we've yeah. grown over the course of 27 years yeah. um, or so as a church. So, okay, so we're going to just dive into these listeners. We've got 10 core values that we, that we focus on as a church that direct our ministries and ministry leaders help shape who we are as a church. Uh, the first one probably isn't going to be a surprise to you. Um, and these aren't necessarily listed in any particular order, but the first one that we've got that we want to tackle here is is a cross-centered message, which we define as we create opportunities to declare the gospel. First off, as always on the podcast, Tom, where do we get this from in Scripture? What's the motivating passage? Well, the, the original text was uh, a lot of these were, were formed out of Acts 2.42. Mm-hmm. There are 3,000 mm-hmm. new baby Christians. What are the things that are most important? And one of those four statements early on was the breaking of the bread, which yeah. was a constant reflection back on the sacrificial death of Christ. So uh, Acts 2.42, and then that coupled with uh, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, that he determined to know nothing among them except Christ Jesus and yeah. him crucified. Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and, and probably uh, the pressure over the years has been to become a bit more social gospel engaged, social mm. justice engaged. Mm. And so it always pulls us back to ask the question, is, is, is the crucified Christ central to the, what mm. we're doing? Mm. Takes us back to the reaching aspect. How yes. are people reached? They're reached by us declaring the, the, the good news, the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. And then we leave it up to the Holy Spirit you know, to change hearts and lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so then practically, what does this mean? You started to talk about it a little bit, but how is Faith Bible unique? Well, it, it certainly controls what what we preach, hmm. uh, the messages. Uh, the, the goal is: have we have we seen Jesus today yeah. uh, in the message, and uh, what aspect of his life? But uh, again, it was always his death, burial, and resurrection that was the hmm. saving message of power, and uh, so that. And then also, uh, it controls what songs we sing. Yeah. Uh, our our, yeah. our worship is is seek to focus on him who he is, what he has done for us, as opposed to what I think they call journey songs, mm-hmm. uh, our own life experiences. So again, it, it just refines a bit of what you will hear or see or participate in when we're gathered. Mm-hmm. Very good. And obviously, you know, we're, we, we're, we're going to talk one of our other values that will be next week is missional scattering. Yep. We're going to talk about yep. how we take the gospel out into a watching world. So, so that's a part of it as well, yep. that, that the message we encourage our people to take is the same cross-centered, yep. Christ-glorifying gospel that yep. we preach also finds itself into many areas. I mean, this every ministry is going to have some component of, yep. of how the gospel both both calls people to Christ, but also how it refines us, you know, as we continue to need the gospel to be relevant, which is why we're going to do this series on how the gospel impacts different areas of our life as well. And probably 28 years ago, it it was not as culturally offensive a message Mm, as it's probably going to be today. Uh, It just, you know, the world around us, our American way, uh, it's kind of embarrassing to say we gather Mm. to worship a criminal who was crucified. Mm. Uh, So I think it's I think we're in a season where we're going to have to affirm again that it is Christ crucified is the focal point of what we 
gather for. Yeah, Christ as a good teacher is popular. Yeah. Christ as the only way yeah. to God is not so much. But but we're going to continue to focus on this aspect. But that's not the only one. Secondarily, in addition to a cross-centered message, we have living by the book. Obviously, the two are related here, <laughs> but we define that as we teach the scriptures as the ultimate authority. Where do we get this from in the Bible, Tom? Well, again, we're back to Acts 2.42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so what the apostles taught were the words and works of Jesus, the oral tradition until the Gospels were mm. penned, but then also the Old Testament and how that pointed to them. But uh, So Acts 2.42, and then 2 Timothy 3.14, uh, where Paul wrote and said, As for you, continue in what you have learned and how firmly uh, believe, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, because all Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. And the other one I would say is Isaiah fifty-five eleven. We we read that a lot in those days. So my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me yep. empty, but will accomplish yep. that for which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So yep. uh, again, the Old Testament and the New Testament affirm the centrality of the word. Very good, very good. Practically, what does this look like at Faith Bible Church? Well, uh, from our pulpit, uh, by God's grace, you you will not hear a life coach sermonettes. No. <laughs> yeah, we we focus more on expositional preaching, uh, study the Bible as it is written, and try to understand it mm-hmm. from that perspective. When when you go to a faith Bible church gathering of any kind, you expect that the Word will be central to the conversation, and uh, so it is uh, people that that respect the Word desire to know the Word and uh, allow the Word to guide and direct their attitude and action. So we live mm-hmm. by it. Yeah, very much so. In individual lives and in corporate settings, yeah. all of those things are defined by it. Obviously, you know, um, we've talked at different times about the way this plays itself out. You know, there's other things of value. Church tradition yep. is of value yep. and, you know, writings and books and all that is of value. But the ultimate standard yeah. is God's Word by which we determine what's right and what's wrong, what He has for us. Well, re- recently, one of, one of our leaders uh, who is not on our elder team, a decision was made, and he it was interesting. He says, what scriptures were you reading together that led to that decision. So again, that's uh, if the Word uh, does guide and direct us, then that, that is practically, uh, we, that's how we study and we move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah it informs all of our decisions. It doesn't yeah. necessarily answer all of our questions, nope. you know, how do we handle certain seasons and all yeah. of that sort of thing, but is ultimately our authority We've for how we should practice COVID-19 things. We've found COVID-19 in the text. It's <laughs> weird that way. I tell you what, like, it's it's very yeah. true. And trying to yeah. trying to delineate those things are sometimes challenging. Listeners, that's part yeah. of the reason we want to take some time and focus on the systematic theology, the different topics yeah. of what does the Bible say about these things. Some areas we're going to be saying, what does the Bible not say here that that's we right. maybe wish it would say, and trying to not say more or less than what the Bible is actually speaking to, and respect the book that we've been given as the Word of God. Okay, so we got to keep moving here for time's sake. <laughs> Number three, observable dependence. We define that as we pray individually, in small groups, and corporately. Where does this come from in the Bible, Tom? Well, again, you go back to Acts 2.42, they were devoted to the yep. apostles' teaching 
to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And it was more than ritualistic, although as you read the book of Acts, you'll see that in the third chapter, and as they were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, so they realized that in adoration and dependence, but also the real dependent, I think, uh, Acts chapter 12, when Peter is in prison and they're going to behead him in the morning, the saints gathered in the home of Mary to beseech the Lord on their behalf. So we start there, the disciples uh, saying to the Lord, you know, teach us to pray. Hmm. So again, it's that sense of, of we can do nothing. I was thinking that the text that came to mind was John 15. It said, apart from me, you can do no thing. And hmm. uh, so prayer recognizes that we are just radically dependent on God's intervention. Yeah. It's, it's funny, it may be a hobby horse for me, and we don't have time to, to address it much on the podcast. Maybe it'll come up in our discussion later yeah. uh, sometime in the year, but that, that's part of the reason I find fast, fasting so interesting as a spiritual discipline, yeah. Yeah. because it expresses that dependence we have, yeah. our need, and it kind of makes it tangible. We can almost taste, not yeah. to, to use yeah. the pun, our dependence yeah. upon God in fasting, and that always being coupled with prayer in Scripture, particularly to your point in the book of Acts yeah. and the need that they expressed. Anyway, but that's a separate subject. We can't go yeah. into that yet. Um, uh, but, but Tom, practically, what does this look like at Faith Bible Church? Well, I, I think that we, number one, when, when a trial comes, when a challenge comes, we, we default to waiting on the Lord rather than rushing forward. Mm-hmm. I, I think also uh, it's the first name of our church, Faith. Our mm-hmm. middle name might be Bible. Our first yeah. name is Faith. And it simply means taking bold steps of obedience, not crazy mm-hmm. radical kind of things, but really if, if the Spirit of God seems to be directing some direction that we're willing to do it as a testimony yeah. of our dependence, that we'll say yes even when it doesn't make sense. I, I can think yeah. of a lot of illustrations over the years where God has strongly, clearly led that way, and then afterward we see that that step of faith, obedience, that that courageous, bold obedience uh, was honored by him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, living so, by faith according to the book. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, you know, a dependence is the underwriting theme yeah. here that prayer expresses our dependence to God. We also have the observable concept where we as leaders want to we we want to lead out in that. You know, we want to we want to be be prayerful in what we do corporately so that so that we encourage our people to be prayerful in what they do privately in their own lives as well. And some of the things I would say, even, even like the design of our building, uh, those little alcoves in the mm. hallways early on when that when that showed up on the blueprint, we, we, we threw it in because it wouldn't it be cool if, if you had a need and you shared it with someone, they just stepped into the alcove and they prayed with you there. So I, yeah. I would hope that if you're here, you would see people pausing to uh, intercede on one another's behalf, so observable, uh, yeah. but it's uh, because we can't solve your problem, but he can, we'll take it with you to him. So. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, observable dependence, number three. Number four, participatory worship. We define that as we engage in corporate worship, which is very brief. There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, where does this come yeah. from in the Bible, Tom? Well, uh, the, the narrative of Scripture is that when when declaring the greatness and the glory of God, uh, that the people were not just casual observers. They were not a, an audience watching a show, but they were mm-hmm. a congregation 
participating. And so uh, as we read through the Old Testament through, we realized that. And it, it, it has to do with not just with the singing of the songs, but yeah. it's, it's, it's when we're together, part of worship is hearing God speak. So you'll hear the turning of the pages on mm-hmm. those that still use the old-fashioned Bible. Yep. Or you'll yep. see people go to their screen and they're not on Facebook. They're actually reading the text. <laughs> there you so, go. again, it's, it, as, as you saw it through the Scripture, uh, you, you saw that it, the people of God were called into his presence together. Mm. So uh, that, that's, that, that was the motivation to do church in such a way that people feel like they are themselves engaged. Mm. Very much so that that we come here that the 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 performers on stage aren't the performers and and we're all the audience but that the audience is one God yeah. and we're all together engaging yeah. in that corporate worship uh, idea yeah, the, absolutely the key text on that of course is Ephesians five the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is ministering to one another mm-hmm. in Psalms hymns spiritual songs mm-hmm. or Colossians three. The evidence of being filled with the word is you're ministering to one another in psalms, spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. So actually, I have to tell you the history. We, we started at Union College in a lecture hall, and it was kind of set up in a fan-shaped thing. Yep. And all of a sudden, it, we were singing to one another across the room. Mm-hmm. And so the way we set our chairs up in the auditorium was intentionally designed that way so that you weren't just... You're talking to the person on the stage, but you were actually ministering across the room to your brother and sister. Yeah, very good. And for those listeners, for those of you that are skittish about sitting in the front row of the church, which I know there's one or two out there. I've even been guilty of that myself. Uh, I can tell you one of the most encouraging parts of our corporate worship is sitting in one of those front rows and listening to the people of God praise God for who he is. Um, But other than sitting in the front row, Tom, practically, what does this mean at Faith Bible? Well, participatory simply means, again, that, that, that we are inviting you to be engaged. So we, we'll choose music uh, that is singable. Yeah. You know, again, even just, a, just the range of the tune is set so that the congregation can actually report. Not everybody sings like Jared. You know? so, <laughs> As someone but, who's sung bass before, <laughs> yes, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. So, so it, it's that. It's, it's choosing music. We were talking this morning. We're, a, we're an intergenerational ministry. So it's choosing music that not only the children can participate mm. and appreciate, but that doesn't, that it invites grandpa and grandma to sing along as well. Yeah. So you'll, you'll see uh, even in those selections. And then also, like I said, it's uh, going to the scriptures and and doing it in such a way through the teaching and preaching that invite people to open their Bibles and to interact yeah. with the text in that way. Those would be some of the logical ones. Uh, Even it, maybe throw out the occasional amen, right? right an amen doesn't hurt. I'm so grateful when former Baptists become part of the fellowship. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah. There we go. It's an encouragement to know that people are following there along with go. where we're going. Um, that's also something, you know, it struck me. I was I was listening to something recently, and they, they highlighted um, that aspect of, of considering whether the music selection in the church is inviting others to engage in it as yeah. well. You know, it's great when certain selections of music, you know, Troy picks something like that that really strikes us, and that's great. But can we grow in our ability to appreciate when the fact that that song doesn't strike me, but I know brothers and sisters in yeah. the corporate in the corporate gathering, that really does strike. Yeah. And so well, you're not going to find a niche aspect of corporate worship. It's going to be diverse. There's going to be different yes. styles yeah. and different selections. And, and I've really appreciated Troy's ability to do that over the years, my time at Faith Bible. Okay, 
So that's participatory worship. Sacrificial body life is number five, which we say we give, go, and do for the purpose of meeting needs in the body, the community, and the mission field. Tom, why is this a priority at Faith Bible Church from Scripture? Well, the the early church was known for their love for one another, and their love was demonstrated, and there wasn't a needy person among them, so Mm. that if anybody had a need, somebody had a resource, gave it to meet the need. And, of course, the whole story of Barnabas and and then, you know, the abuse of that with Ananias and Sapphira right. taking advantage. Right. So anyway, the, the, the second statement in Acts 2.42, they were devoted to fellowship. And I, I think yeah. that fellowship is, is defined or illustrated in the verses that follow where they were selling their possessions and giving them so they could meet one mm. another's needs. So mm. I don't think sacrificial fellowship means knowing what my brother and sister, maybe it's just a word of encouragement, but maybe it's a, it's a financial or mm-hmm. technical. So uh, the text there, you know, Acts 11, the church 300 miles north in Antioch, Syria, heard mm. that there was a famine yeah. and there was a need in Jerusalem, took yeah. up an offering and sent the brothers there yeah. with it. Uh, Romans 16, they were taking up an offering for the saints back in Jerusalem. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, those kind of things. Mm. That's really fleshed out in different places in Scripture, too, where that same term that we get fellowship from is also participation, which is actually financial contribution to different churches, and that really highlights that togetherness aspect, whether it's supporting in financial or whether it's supporting emotional or uh, different needs that people have. Okay, so practically, what does it mean (laughs) to have sacrificial body life at Faith Bible? This is this is one of those quiet ministries. Yeah, uh, it's usually done confidentially. Uh, HIPAA yeah. is in place, yeah. Yeah. but over the years, uh, we've had people who had very expensive medical uh, prescriptions that they, they just couldn't afford, and we as a church were able to make that possible. Uh, we've had family members who had crises across the country. We've purchased airline tickets for them. We had a single mom who needed transportation, and we were able to provide her yeah. with a car, bags of groceries at a moment of crisis. Or it's just someone to come and sit. I, I think about recently there was, there was a crisis, and a family member was flown in from western Nebraska to the to the hospital in, in an emergency, and Pastor Mike went to the hospital and sat in the waiting room with three children so that the family could be together in this moment of crisis. So it's it's mostly the quiet, unsung service kind of thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And I I love so much what I've what I've gotten to witness both before coming on staff and then coming on staff at Faith Bible, where this really is part of our DNA, and yeah. people have that yes. heart to serve. If in yeah. doubt, the more challenging of the two isn't getting people that are willing to sacrificially give; it's getting people <laughs> to be willing to say, "I need help." That's right. Uh, you know, and That's I think right. we all face that at times. But uh, yeah. it's it, we're actually going to share some stories of of this sort of thing, Good. hopefully over the coming months, when it relates to small groups and faith life. As I view the small group ministry of the church as kind of the front lines of defense, where they c- become aware of this stuff yeah. and meet most of those needs, even before we find out about it yeah. as as staff members. But then obviously there's other things, you know, there's Mike and our internal benevolence and things like that as well to help with this. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been an ongoing thing, though a largely yeah. invisible ministry. And, I and think you know, faith. I, I would I would say a shout out to the body. It, this is probably the most generous, caring mm. congregation I've ever been a part of. All you need to do is let people know there's a need. And often at seasonal times, 
people are banging on our telephone saying, yeah. tell me who has a need. I want to yeah. meet it. So it, there is a, like I said, it's quiet. It doesn't embarrass the recipient. It gives blessing and joy mm-hmm. to the giver. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I love that it starts within the walls of the church, but we also include yeah. we, we give, go, and do for the purpose of meeting needs in the body, but in the yeah. community and the mission field yeah. as well. You know, and we've seen some opportunities like that, you know, times when, you know, groups of the church is banded together to help parts yeah. of our community, even the whole care portal ministry. Yeah, I was which, just going to say the care portal is a huge demonstration yeah. of that. Listeners, we haven't had the chance to highlight that recently. So if you're new to the church and um, would be interested in some more information, shoot me an email. I'd love to fill you in a little bit about that ministry. It's a it's an opportunity to meet practical, tangible needs in our community for people who we don't know if they know Christ or not. And we've seen an incredible response from the Faith Bible yeah. family over the course of the last about 18 months as that's been up and running. Cool ministry. I'd love to fill people in if they've got any questions about that. Well, Tom, that's, that's the first five. We've got five more that we're going to cover <laughs> next week. Uh, just to whet your appetite, listeners, those last five are people over programs, plurality, or plurality leadership, unleashing the gifts, missional scattering, and next generation equipping. But we've got the first five in the books. We've got the next five that we're going to handle next week. Listeners, I just encourage you, again, the, the we're not sharing this so much because you need to sit down and write them down and memorize the descriptions and, and all of that. That's not really the intention, but we do want you to understand uh, that this is part of what makes Faith Bible Church Faith Bible Church. As we seek to fulfill the mission, the, the great commission that God has given us to make disciples, the reach, mature, equip, glorify, you're going to see these values working themselves out in different ministry as, as, as Troy, as the worship pastor, makes decisions, as Tom makes decisions from the pulpit, as, as I make decisions for our small group ministry and things like that. You're going to see these things kind of come out of the woodwork. And some are more subtle, some are more obvious, some we would say we do better at, some are yeah. more aspirational yeah. that we wish we would grow in and we're desiring to grow in and become better at. But all of these are things that we really want to make the core of who we are as a church. And likely they're things uh, that originally attracted you in some way to Faith Bible Church and calling this church your home. Uh, so we just encourage you, like I said, listen. Um, hopefully the discussion has been helpful to you today to start seeing some of those things. And in any way you can be a part of championing these things and and helping us do what God's really laid on our hearts to be as a church. Uh, we would appreciate that as well. Uh, any any final thoughts on this for our listeners, Tom? Well, I think that these core values that we talked about today just remind us that uh, we're, we're not just Faith Bible Church, but we're the faith family. Yeah. And uh, so what, what characterizes the family? It's these things. They're yeah. just non-negotiable part of who we are. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, that's it for the core values this week before we pick it up again next week. But, but Tom, this, this coming Sunday, you've got another message. You've got your final gospel message overview on, <laughs> yeah. on John's gospel, another daunting task. I know to begin. Thank goodness he's only got 21 chapters. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. It's, 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 uh, it's challenging, I know, to, to pull all of that down. But I also know that John's gospel is a personal passion for yours. Yep. And yep. so we're looking forward to hearing on that. We're looking forward to hearing hearing more about what a disciple is, about what it is that the Gospels are telling us that we're called to be and to do, and and who Christ was in his earthly ministry as well. Uh, Listeners, we're not going to focus too much more on this on the podcast, but uh, if you're reading along and and doing the readings along with Tom's messages, they don't necessarily jive with them, but that'll get you through all the Gospels by Easter time. We'd encourage you to check out our website and find more information on that. If you go to faithbiblelincoln.org, click on the resources tab, and then find the Simply Jesus 
button under that tab. The reading plan is on that page. You can follow along with the different dates and what passages you'd be reading in anticipation for each message. And and that's it for this week. We, we're really appreciative of you joining us. Thanks for being along for the ride, for hearing more about Faith Bible Church and, and what God has called us to be here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, if this is helpful to you, like I said, I, I know some are listeners at Faith Bible and some are listeners at other churches, but either way, we hope it's been an encouragement to you. And, and if you can, if you're interested, give us a share, a comment, or, or rate the podcast. It helps other people find it, and it would be helpful for us to know. Or you can always shoot us an email if you've got any additional questions or you'd love to get in touch. My email is bradm at fbclnk.org or tomr at the same. Um, and just know, that over the course of this week, we and the other leaders of the church will be praying for you, um, praying that God would grow you in your knowledge and love for him, asking that he would speak to you through his word as you continue to study it for yourself. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.